as you can see on the screen, we, um, we have the picture of the new sermon series that we're in called What the World Needs Now. And we have a growth group guide that's um, produced to go along with this. And, and I'm, I'm a bit chuffed to hear that even our young people, our, our youth group, uh, when they met for their growth group this week, um, Nathaniel told me that they opted to go through this instead of the, the booklet that they were studying. So it just goes to show, friends, this is a great guide to help us understand what God is saying to us collectively as his people as we answer this question, you know, what the world needs now, because it is a church, a church that is working right. And we've seen already that the church that's working right, the church that the world needs to see, needs to have correct doctrine and it needs to have correct culture. It needs to be an environment where there is love and acceptance and service. So in this series that we're in, we see that biblical truth and the experience of the biblical Christ-like love, care and service must come together. And of course, the ultimate example of where we see Christ-like love is in Jesus Christ himself, where he serves and where he cares. And I want to take you to a time when he was on earth, just before he went to the cross and returned to heaven, a time when he was on earth that demonstrates this love that Jesus calls us to have for each other and for others. So come with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I'm going to read the first 17 verses. And we read, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hand, my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This historical event of Jesus physically bending down to watch the to wash to wash the feet of his disciples is such a powerful example of how you and I, we who claim to be Christ followers, it is such a powerful example of how we are to influence our needy, broken world. We are to serve like Christ. Christ-like service. So what I want to do is I want to take us back into this time in history with the disciples and we're going to step back 2,000 plus years ago. One by one we walk through the door into the room where this event occurred. And it's evening. And we're going to share a meal with Jesus. We don't yet know the significance of this meal. How could we? This would become what people centuries later called the Lord's Supper. It's the time of Passover, referencing Exodus chapter 12. When, when God used Moses to lead his people who had been in captive for 400 plus years in Egypt and God led them out. And you remember how he called, he called his people to, to slaughter a lamb and to get the blood from the lamb and to paint it on the doorposts and the, and the top of the door and then the angel of death would go across and if they saw the blood on the doorposts, the angel of death would pass, pass over but if they hadn't done that, then the firstborn would... It, it's, It's a terrible reminder of what happened back then. But this is what they're celebrating as God saved his people, Passover. So it's a time of Passover. And we who were there were excited to gather with Jesus and our close friends. We've come together to remember the high point of our religious and our national, our family history. The Passover is when every family digs back into their religious memory to remember God's saving power. And at the Passover table, as we're sitting there, we, we hold in our hands the elements of a meal that remind us all of God's intervention centuries earlier when, when our people were set free from Egypt. Together we remember the lamb that was slain. We remember the blood that was painted onto the doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over our people's homes. The protection that this afforded each family of Israel, we remember that. We remember the journey out of Egypt following Moses. We remember crossing the Red Sea 
What an experience that is. We remember the freedom that God won for his people, our people. This is what Jesus and and his small band of disciples are gathering to celebrate at the Passover meal. And we are there. And with the others, we walk through the door into that upper room to do what we've done every year that we can remember. But now Jesus is there with us. We've come to remember and to celebrate the Lord's Passover with Jesus, who is our rabbi, our teacher. And we're going to listen to him. And one by one, we we enter the room. One by one, we walk past a basin and a towel sitting in plain view. We know why the basin and the towel are there by the door. The roads, they're all dusty and we wear sandals and our feet get dirty. Usually there is a servant sitting by the bowl to wash our dirty feet. But not this time. We just walked past the bowl and we sat. We found our place at the table with our dirty feet. And Jesus, he can see the bowl He sees the towel, they're by the door. And he notices that you and I, we are sitting in our place with dirty feet. He notices that neither you nor I offered to wash the feet of our friends and partners in ministry. Neither of us offered to wash the feet of Jesus, who is our teacher. So then Jesus gets up. And he goes to the bowl and he takes the bowl with the towel to where we are and he bends down and he lifts our feet, puts them into the bowl and he washes our feet. And one by one Jesus washes all of the feet. Obviously we've not yet really understood who Jesus is Jesus humbly washes first your feet and then he washes mine. Kevin Harney says about this occurrence, he says, Jesus embraced the role of a servant as he washed the feet of one disciple who would soon deny that he even knew him, that he even knew Jesus. That was Peter, the apostle. Jesus took the feet... (coughs) of another disciple who would soon betray him. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Jesus did not glare at him with resentment. Instead, the one who would soon die for the sins of humanity washed the feet of the very man who would turn against him and betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus modelled here the servant-hearted love that characterises a disciple, a Christ follower. It characterises one who has traded ritualised religion for a genuine love relationship with God and our neighbour. Listen to Jesus. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I've done for you, John? Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now Jesus didn't say this to them so that from here on they'd have clean feet. He said it because this is the fruit, this is the evidence, this is the proof of a Christ follower serving others. Jesus said it because their mission from here on was to be a witness for him, to share the gospel, to tell people about God's love. The footnote in the application Bible under this passage says, these men were to move into the world serving God, serving each other and serving all people to whom they took the message of salvation. And that job, that mandate, that instruction has been given to you and me because we are the people of God. We are the church. We are what this world needs. People of God, this is why service is clearly expressed in our church's mission statement. I want to draw your attention to another little publication. If you've ever got friends that ask about our church or if you would like to know more about our church, we produce this little booklet which explains everything about BPCC, what we believe, what we're about. And it explains our mission, which is this. To make growing disciples of Jesus Christ through gospel-centred, spirit-empowered worship, community, service and mission. You know, some years ago, because we're so closely connected to Genesis Christian College here in this campus, Adam and I very regularly speak at different things, particularly at the beginning of the year. Some years ago, I spoke at the senior high school's dedication service and I was given a theme and the theme was gratitude. So I spoke from Ecclesiastes 11 verse 7, just a few words where it says, don't take a single day for granted. Because you can imagine as you know, young people, you've been there, we do, don't we? We sort of take every day just for granted. So I talked about that and then I asked them a question. I said, young people, would you say, would you say that we are living in a time where many people that that we know, that you know, I'm not saying you, but people you know, display an attitude of entitlement. An attitude of entitlement. You know, like, I deserve to sit in the best seat. I deserve to go first. I deserve to be privileged. I'm entitled to these benefits. I ask the question of the young people, Are you sometimes someone who displays an attitude of entitlement? I said, if you do, and if you have, you probably face more than your fair share of challenges with relationships. And you probably also have issues with those in authority. 
And if that is you, I can guarantee that you're going to headbutt with the leadership at school. Rules and boundaries frustrate those of us who have this sense of entitlement. And generally speaking, life is oftentimes just jolly hard to live. Does this seem to describe you, young people? And I could see they were thinking. Friends, having an attitude of entitlement is the very opposite of what Jesus is teaching us here in this real life event. Look at the words again. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Shortly after this Passover meal that turned into a life-changing teaching lesson, Jesus went to the cross and there he took the punishment for the sin of the world, for our sin. Jesus took the punishment. He gave his perfect life for our imperfect life. Jesus was buried and three days later he rose from the dead. And he conquered the power of sin and death. And in Jesus, we find forgiveness. We find new life. The Holy Spirit now lives in us, directing us and comforting us and confronting us. We are now forgiven sinners who are heaven bound, called to fulfil the mission of God as his people here in the church, in this world, in our community. That's why the Apostle Paul writes, he says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, when we are clear on what Jesus has said to us, when we are clear on the doctrine, the biblical truth, when we are clear on what he's done for us, when we are clear on what he expects of us, then we're able to respond appropriately and correctly. Then we're able to obey. Because remember, the the Holy Spirit lives in us, guiding and directing and empowering and enabling. When we're clear on the message of the foot washing, then we are clear on Paul's instructions here that we find in Philippians chapter 2. 
when we're clear, we get it. We're able to do it. And we do it together. It's like a tapestry. A tapestry seen from the correct side. It makes sense. We see it. You've seen the back side of a tapestry, haven't you? Makes no sense. It's a bit like life in general. Life sometimes makes no sense. Trials and tests and stresses and troubles. The backside of a tapestry is, is like our broken world. The correct side of the tapestry is like a redeemed life in Christ where foot washing is normal. We're loving God and loving others and serving our neighbour. Witnesses to this broken world, the power of God and the purpose for why Jesus came to earth. That's what the world needs now. It needs to see the church like that. A church where gospel doctrine and gospel culture are lived and experienced. You know, a church that has correct doctrine but doesn't love and serve like Jesus did, stinks. Have you ever been in a car with someone who's got really bad BO? It's terrible, isn't it? It stinks. No one likes that. It's the wrong side of a tapestry. It attracts no one. It does the opposite. It repels people. Jesus came to reconcile people. Jesus taught us to see the right side of the tapestry, even though we're living in the wrong side of the tapestry world. He explained that sin, the result of worshipping self, set mankind in a course of self-destruction. So let me ask you the question that I ask myself too. Is your aroma of Christ's influence in your life reflecting Jesus? Is the aroma of his spirit working in your life a pleasant aroma? Or or is it the other one? Are you helping people see the proper side of the tapestry? Some time ago I mentioned to you this mission called Bowery Mission, which started in this building that you see a photo of up on the screen. It's in New York, in Manhattan. This mission started in 1870. And the Bowery Mission, this building, is a famous landmark. There was a guy who was miraculously converted through the work of this mission many years ago. And prior to his conversion... Joe was a hopeless wino and he regularly stayed overnight at this mission. But Joe eventually surrendered his life to Jesus and he stopped drinking and he started serving at this mission. His whole life changed. Here's what is said about him and I quote, Joe became the most caring person that anyone associated with the mission had ever known. Joe spent his days and nights hanging out at the mission doing whatever needed to be done. 
There was never any task that was too lowly for Joe to take on. There was never anything that he was asked to do that he considered beneath him. Whether it was cleaning up the vomit left by some violently sick alcoholic or scrubbing the toilets after careless men left the bathroom filthy, Joe did what was asked with a soft smile on his face and with a seeming gratitude for the chance to help. He could be counted on to feed feeble men who wandered into the mission off the street and to undress them and tuck into bed men who were too out of it to take care of themselves. One evening when the director of the mission was delivering the evening evangelistic message to the crowd, the usual crowd of still and sullen men with drooped heads, there was one man who looked up, came down the aisle to the altar and knelt to pray, crying out to God to help him change. The repentant drunk kept shouting, Oh God, make me like Joe, make me like Joe, make me like Joe. Make me like Joe. The director of the mission leaned over and said to the man, Son, I think it would be better if you prayed, Make me like Jesus. The man looked up at the director with a quizzical expression on his face and asked, Is he like Joe? You see, Joe's tapestry was the right way up. He washed the feet of the undeserving and the undesirables. Joe did that because he knew the power of God's grace, the power of the gospel that led him to give servant-hearted love to undeserving, undesirable sinners. He knew he'd received that undeserving love from God through Jesus. And he was now extending that love, that grace to others. Listen to what Jesus is saying to us, friends. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. So, what picture does my tapestry reflect? The Joe side? Or the wrong side? What picture does your tapestry reflect? Imagine what it would be like in your home if you served your family like Joe did. Imagine what it would be like in our church if you and I served each other to meet our growing needs as a church like Joe did. All our serving needs would be met. Imagine the the aroma that we would release. Imagine the benefits that our family and our friends would be recipients of. Imagine the tapestry picture that we would be to the community that we're living in here. Imagine the glory that God would receive. Imagine the blessing that God would release. Imagine your workplace, your colleagues' response to you doing your work with the servant heart of Jesus. Imagine your neighbour's response when you met a need that they had. You know, church, when we 
align our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength to love God and our neighbour as Jesus did, we will become the kind of church that our world needs now. And when we understand and when we champion the vision statement of our church which says this, to be a gospel-centred church seeking to make and grow disciples of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and the good of our community. That's what we see us becoming. That's what we're working towards. You know, to help us do that as a church, why I mentioned this little booklet earlier, we use pictures, because I like pictures. We use these pictures to just remind ourselves of how we make disciples. Connect, grow, serve, go. Connect deals with the heart. Our heart has got to be right with God before it can be right anywhere else. It's got to be right with God. Our love, our worship, our devotion, our connection with God, worship services, connecting with believers. That's why we have Connect Sundays once a month just to do life together, get to know each other a little bit better. And of course, grow, it's growing in grace, growing in Christ-likeness, growing in the truth, in the doctrine, growing in community, growing in growth groups, and then serving. Well, there's the bowl, there's the towel. That's what we've just been focusing on now using our gifts for God's glory and the good of our community. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And then there's go. We go into the mission field, into our circles of influence. We all have circles of influence. Hey, you know that, don't you? Where you do life, you have influence. And that's where we are to be servants. Next Sunday, Adam is going to be preaching on that theme. And we will land the, sermon, the series there, what the world needs now. But what we have an opportunity to do in a very real way this morning, and again I'll be calling PM Church to the same thing, if you received the bulletin when you walked in, a newsletter for today, and you open it up, you'll see a page there under the serve picture. And they're just all headings of different ways that we as a church can serve each other. And by doing that, we serve the community. And by doing that, we glorify God. And we're building this beautiful tapestry. We are the aroma of Christ. After the service, through those doors, there are tables set up. And you can go to different stations out there and you can pop your name down or fill it in on a card or say... I would like to serve in that particular area. You might not even know what it fully entails, but one of us from the leadership team will we'll have a chat with you. We'll give you a call and, and work it out. But collectively, together, as Jesus calls us to, we're going to wash each other's feet. And then God will be glorified and our church will prosper. He will bless us because we will, be, we will be advancing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And that is our mission, that is our mandate. So let me pray for us as I ask, Holy Spirit, convict every one of us 
to be involved in serving like you served us, serving your body, each other, the community in which you've placed us, serving in our families, our work environments, wherever we do life, wherever we have influence. Beginning with me, Jesus, stir us. Have your way with us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for our church. We thank you for the opportunity in a moment to have some connection together as we just get to know each other, just to share a snag together. And Father, we want to thank you for everything that you give us. In your name we pray and may all the glory go to you. Amen. Bless you, church.